How many Ironmans have you gone to? 17. I had one competition where it was horror for me. I couldn't run anymore because I had this cramping. So it was some kind of collapsing. When there is no vision, there is no emotion. And when there's no emotion, there's no motion. Unconsciously, we feed this belief system. The more I do, the better I am. Even if you try to make everybody happy, people are still gonna f hate. Best example, Mr. Beast. For me, everything is mental. I have this five mental factors. The following is a conversation with my good friend Slatko Sterzenbach. He ran 17 Ironman races all across the world and we will be talking about his high performance mindset that he's using for coaches and entrepreneurs and also the mindset that he used to continuously knock out these crazy Ironman races and how that translates into business. It's going to be very, very exciting. It's going to be the ultimate mindset podcast episode with you here. So let's get started. Mr. Sterzenbach, Slatko, <laughs> the Ironman. You are, how many Ironmans have you gone to? Uh, 17. 17? Yes. And you are how old? I'm now 56. When did you start? When was the first one? Uh, the first time was when I was 23, so it was the year uh, 1990. Yes. That is so cool. And crazy. I started three years before as a totally unsportive person. But oh, yeah? <laughs> 25 meters swimming, uh, exhausted, uh, 300 meters running, exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> no push-up, no pull-up. Uh, yeah. That. And, and that's – so this is really cool because your background is like, okay, so you're this – crazy athlete and you took all the the iron mind that you've gotten from all this crazy athlete stuff and you're you're helping entrepreneurs with their mindset with their performance and all that jazz yes um and again like you don't look like 56 to me thank you, you. look much younger <laughs> so i'm assuming it has a lot to do with your lifestyle as well yeah how does it what what is an what do you do on an on an iron man it's running Swimming, biking? It's first, it's swimming. It's uh, how long? 3.8 kilometers. <laughs> I would just drown right away. <laughs> like, this is it. I'm dying. <laughs> and of course, you know, not, not in the pool, it's in the ocean. So sometimes you have waves. Or when I was, or when I was in Hawaii, you see some sharks. You have to fight your fears. Dark, dark water under uh, your knees and feet. <laughs> Damn. Then 180K of biking. Wait, 180 kilometers? Yes, 180. <sighs> in an aerodynamic position the whole time. So you have back pain, of course. Shit. 180 kilometers. And that's the warm-up. Then, because, you know, the day is long, so you have time. So you, yeah. have, so you have to run an original distance of marathon. And then you still do a fucking marathon. Yeah, 42k. Yeah. I didn't know it was that tough. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, it's some race, some couple. How long do you, how long is the whole thing? Well, when you're a professional, I wasn't a professional. I was only middle of the pack. So because I have uh, I was in the uni university as a student and I had my jobs uh, to get money and then I have my business. So it was always hobby and beside. Mm. So um, professionals now in this time, they sometimes they have, I think, I don't know, the newest world record time was seven hours and something like 30 minutes. Uh, when I was Insane. competing in my best time and I was qualifying for Hawaii, the world championship uh, on Hawaii. What island was it on? Uh, Hawaii, the big island. Okay. Uh, Kona. Uh, I have done a time for 10 hours and uh, seven minutes, something Damn. like that. Yes. 
what do you what do you eat before that? What do you eat the days before? Do you have or do you just fucking whatever? Are you one of those guys that smokes a cigarette and drinks <laughs> a beer before you do it, or do you like? I had really... some. I had some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my we we had a we had a team from four people from Berlin who had sponsorship and. Some of these say they drink a lot of alcohol, they had pizza, and they d didn't care about nutrition or supplements. They, you know, take what they get, yeah. and, and they did it. So, and even sometimes faster because one of them was a football player, and he had a physique. I think he was unbeatable and unbreakable. He could run this first Ironman, and this was uh, 2091, his first Ironman, so... A beginner, the pros in this time had a time about something eight hours, eight, ten minutes, and he was running the first Ironman in eight hours and fifty minutes. Jesus Christ! So he he was unbreakable. He was eating like shit and he was drinking like shit. <laughs> so it was just genetics. Or yeah, what? Huh. yeah, I think so. And of course, his training from football, perhaps. Yeah, his endurance. Um, there's the salt and diet diet. Salt and diet. It means that you have. Uh, when you have competition on Sunday, you eat Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no carbohydrates, Damn. and you eat. And you you train hard, so you empty your carbohydrate mm. uh, storage in the body, and then you're overloaded. So you have mm. this super compensation effect that you first have nothing in your body, and then eat a lot, and don't. Of course, then you'd reduce the training, so you have big carbohydrate. Storage in the body for the competition. Then on Sunday, yes. Damn. What do you eat? When's the last meal before you do the competition? Uh, I had breakfast uh, when it started in Hawaii. It starts normally in the Ironman distance. Normally, all around the world, they start at seven o'clock because it's a long day. Yeah. And you have to finish in seventeen hours. Mm. Uh, so twenty-five or twenty-four. Sorry, is it zero yeah. zero in the, in the night. Um. I had breakfast at something like 4.30. I eat some white bread with some honey or with some um, strawberry jam, something like this. So very light carbohydrates without some fibers or a lot of fat. Yeah. Damn. And this time. Now I would do it a little bit different. I would eat more proteins, I think, in the in the breakfast. Mm. and not H How come? Do you feel a difference? Um, you know, the, the, the problem is first, of course, when you have a high glycemic carbohydrates, uh, in the stomach, you had a lot of, you have a lot of insulin. So after this high, you have the low, mm. so you have to reload it again. Mm -hmm. And, um, some of the pros now they have ketogen diet. Mm -hmm. they, Damn. They make all the iron resistance with, with a lot of. Yeah, fat burning Damn. percentage. Perhaps they have seventy percent, seventy percent or more from fat when they have the competition. Yeah, because they trained it a lot, mm. and of course they have this very high uh, aerobic level. Yeah, yeah. What do you? So you finish with running. Yeah, you see the finish line in front of you. You've just been destroying your body for the last seven, eight hours. You see the finish line, you cross it. Yeah. Walk me through your thoughts, your emotions, starting with you finish the finish line all the way to the hours after that. 
before and and or on the finish line yeah just just a couple last okay. meters before finish line. yeah well of course the last case when you are in the marathon you 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 count for me because of the running was always the hardest part for me um, I'm not a light person, like mm. 60 kilo and uh, running like um, flying dog. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was with 90 kilo, always a little bit the battle. Probably the and knees. And mentally, stuff. it was for me the hardest stuff because I was, I was a, and I'm a good swimmer. So the last Ironman 2012 in Florida, I was something like 100, under the first 100 from 3,000 people after Damn. swimming. After biking, I had a very good biking. Um, I was 17th, 17th overall. Oh, damn. Holy so I was really, you know, very in the front. And then I knew now I will be always and only passed mm -hmm. from hundreds of people. Mm. So for me, running was always the hard time. So when I was closer to the finish line, I was counting every K and every 100 meters uh yeah and then you cross it i cross it who's there who are you talking to what are you feeling and different you know mainly i was in the competition by myself without girlfriend or wife mainly um of course when she was there then i you have to cross this uh, finish area and then get out and then you had contact to your persons mm. but first you sit down mainly had competition where it was very hot mm. and for me it was always heavy to get rid of the heat mm. so it was some kind of collapsing mm -hmm. because i was yeah. <laughs> so only cold water cold water on the body and drinking and drinking and, and eating and eating so that's mm. the first i would say hour you take time for this to recover and to get your energy back into yeah what do you eat there everything can you eat anything it's, yeah you don't have to eat some spirit. yeah for me it was okay some people they have perhaps an issue with the um, with stomach when they eat everything after this competition i was drinking coke of course uh, yeah, uh, yeah two liters uh, yeah <laughs> um what they had there pizza cake oh yeah everything <laughs> chocolate um, you do, know. You, do you crave so, or or is your body so much in survival mode that you're like, I know these calories, I just got to eat them? Or do you actually feel like, man, let's go get some cake now? It's craving, yeah. yeah? It's, it's a little bit hungry and it's, of course, this a little bit, uh, it's like a present after this battle yeah yeah for yourself you know like a little bit like cheat day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you eat everything what you can see. Um. For me, because it was easy for my stomach. Some they, they don't eat something because they can't because the stomach is so stressed uh, that some food would stress them more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many calories does one burn from one? Uh, normally, in an average, depends on the time, but the pros you, you can say something like mm, about one thousand calories per hour. So that's eight. For me, ten to twelve thousand calories. Yeah, um, and of course you can't take this in the competition time. In it's not possible. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. The maximum that you can eat, and you eat mainly carbohydrates in the competition, is there's a there's a formula for that. It's one gram of carbohydrates per kilogram of body weight mm -hmm. each hour. 
Mm. So it okay. means 90 gram of carbohydrates each hour. hour yeah, That's yeah. the maximum you can take in. So 10 hours, it's 900 uh, gram. Yeah. So four times, yeah, something like 4,000 calories only. Yeah. Do, do you take that food with you? Or are there like stations where you can just grab a banana or something? Yeah, it's a mix. You have, of course, you have your um, your fluid where you have come carbohydrates. In for my my, but this was a way to find out what is the best way for me. In the first years, I always take some bars and bananas and uh, what they gave you there. And I had always cramping in my stomach, Seitenstechen. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, on the side, on the side, mm. and the running. So I couldn't run really. It was more uh. like, yeah, it's not jogging, it's juggling. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I found out it's the best way for me is some gel carbohydrate mm. gel mm. with some BCAA, so with these uh, three important amino acids and yeah. some caffeine inside. Oh, nice. And this, I, I counted. So, of course, in the swimming, you can take it and you can't have it with you. So you start your intake when you are in the transition one and then, of course, in the biking maximum. So uh, I was counting my calories, so I had to take this 90 gram every hour and I had it all in gel in a bottle mm -hmm. so i had this you know five hours was my average time for this 180k it's a 36k per hour uh, speed i had this 450 gram of carbohydrates in gel in one belt bottle on the bike damn so i had a schedule on my handlebar uh -huh. so and a timer to think okay now let's drink a, again some gel and then of course then you had um, I don't know, every 20K you have some uh, stations where you can get Gatorade or Coke or water or whatever you want. And then you have, it depends, but mainly twice in this all competition time, some uh, location where you can bring your own stuff, what you want to take. Mm. So you're on... on um, undependent of the sponsor perhaps because I, I had one competition where they changed the sponsor it was a lot of years Gatorade and Power Bar mm -hmm. and then suddenly then, and it was in Klagenfurt in Austria mm -hmm. they had this uh, new American sponsorship and I I, I was not used to it oh, so shit. when your stomach is not used to that kind of uh, product Damn. forget it Damn. Uh, it was horror for me I couldn't run anymore because I had this cramping uh, uh yeah what did you do i was walking okay, okay. <laughs> walking and juggling and walking and juggling and damn oh that that was very one of my hardest competition because i had this goal to qualify again for hawaii yeah. so i knew i had to run something like nine hours 30 minutes in my average uh group and i was very good on schedule and then on 11 uh, K11, I think it hits me, and mm. I found out, forget it. Damn. And you, you cross four times this area where the the, the finish line is. So you, uh -huh. And that was very mental tough to think, okay, I can finish now. Come on, let's, damn, let's stop it. Damn. There you have your car. Get, get off, get off. You, you can't finish now. You can't to the time. You, you, you have no chance to qualify for Hawaii again. But I, I finished. Yeah, it was hard. What made you finish? How did you do it? Because I was telling so many people... <laughs> <laughs> that's smart, that's smart. <laughs> ...that I will have this competition, of course, and they know my training uh, for one year to prepare. Yeah. 
And I, yeah, I, I couldn't come back and say, uh, no, I didn't. How did you, okay, so that's more like on a macro. You said like, okay, I told, I told all these people I want to do it. Yeah. What did, what did you tap into in that moment? Were you in a trance where you're like, I can, I'll just do it. Or were you constantly saying just these meters, next hundred meters? What, yeah. what did you tap into? Yeah. That, that's an interesting part because that's what I teach my, my entrepreneurs, you know, in business mm. um, to, to set small goals on the way to the finish line. Mm. So the finish line is a symbol for what is your big emotional picture in your brain. Mm. And that's, that you have to train, of course, before and that mm. you have to be clear why you are doing this shit. Because this question, why I'm doing this in the competition no good idea. Yeah, 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 good, okay. But of course, sometimes this question is coming up and you ask yourself, well, why am I doing this here? Mm. Why this pain? Yeah. Um, so you have to find an answer before. Uh -huh. It's not a good idea to, to discuss this question in the competition. For me, to handle this on the mental side was always to set a small goal, okay, to the next... Um, how do you call it, the station. The, no, yeah, the, the station where you get food. Every oh. mile you get a food and, and drink. Okay. So let's let's run to the next uh, drinking station. That was my my goal. Mm. And then when I was there, I was drinking, I was walking or standing, eating, and then, okay, now to the next station. How many people finish? Like, what's the percentage of people that finish it and how many just give up? It's high, um, when you compare it, for example, for a single marathon, mm -hmm. Berlin or New York, it's much higher. Wow. Why? Because, of course, your, um, your invest <laughs> is much higher. You had your training camp. You have your bike for, in this time when I was competing, mainly it was perhaps 4,000 or 5,000, which is what was a lot of money for me as a student and now some people they invest 14,000 euro for a bike mm. and you have your training camp for three four thousand and of course you have to go through the training camp or what, what is no it? but they do it mainly the people who do an Ironman uh, they they take it more seriously mm. you can run a man marathon with a little bit of training it's possible I was yeah. you know this, these days in October there was the Berlin Marathon I saw them on the Kudam and there was walking with sticks sometimes. So you can do it in six or seven hours. Okay. And okay. You, ha you have done the marathon, but it's not really what I think it's. Yeah. But it's okay. It's, you know, when you do something for your body and you move, that's the best. So yeah. everybody can have his goals. Um, for an Ironman, of course, the, the training schedule is much higher mm. to prepare. You have to think about the transition zone. You have to think about the bike. Uh, to travel there to this um, location, perhaps another country. So all this stuff, I think it's automatically because of, of your invests, you yeah. take it more seriously. So they are better prepared. So to come to your question, I don't know exact numbers, but I would say less than 10% don't finish. Mm. So 90% finish. It's crazy if you think about it, huh? That yeah. the way more difficult thing yeah. that is way more difficult to do, way more people finish just because they're more bought in. Yeah. That shows you also, like, as an entrepreneur, like, your buy-in fucking matters. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know, I, 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 what I 
see when I look at my clients in our coaching programs, the, the entrepreneurs who invest 6,000 euros for half a year, they are not so driven to take the academy, to see the videos, to join the calls, than the people who invest 30 or 80,000 euros. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, uh, I have a friend of mine, King Keto, Brandon Carter, shout out. And he told me many years ago, he's like, he used to sell ebooks for like, I think five bucks or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, the, the amount of people that want to refund the $5 thing is way higher than people that want to refund like the 5k, the 10k stuff. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. he, and the sad thing is just for the price specifically, like if people would put that much effort into refunding a $5 ebook and if they would take that same effort and they would put it into their own business, they wouldn't have to refund a $5 ebook. You know what I mean? It's like, if you put that, like you write the email you explain why you want to refund, like, That could be an email that you're sending out to a potential client that makes you $2,000. You know what I mean? Like, yes, of course. Come on, like your priority is wrong. So many people want to save money and they put effort into that instead of making just more. Like if you make more, you don't need to save a lot of money. I mean, yeah. sure, it's, be smart about it for sure. But like I would rather always just focus on ways to make more money because that gives me much more options. And then I can still save it if I want to. Yeah. But at the very least, I can put myself in a situation where I don't have to save it. Mm. Um, anyways, we can sidetrack. So how do you feel after a uh, freaking Ironman? Do you sleep well? Do you have crazy muscle pain the next of course. days? Do you, when do you work out again? Like, how does that work? Um, well, there's some, some funny films and pictures from Ironman. Even the pros, uh, when they go on the stage when they have first second and third place um they have problems to come down oh wow because you damage of course your muscular system it's you know every every single muscle fiber in the legs is broken after this torture <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, the next four days i had problems with steps yeah wow up it's four okay days. but down is very a challenge down <laughs> yeah of course Because uh, down is extrinsic, uh, oh. extra, tell me how is it's called. Um, it's not uh, not contraction, it's <laughs> extraction. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. In English, I don't know. Okay, yeah. interesting. So that's more stress for, for the legs. Do you sleep well on the day or is your body so f messed up? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. You, you are tired. I could sleep very well. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have this pain, but uh, and you feel your body. It's this. It f your body feels very heavy after mm -hmm. this day. Very heavy, and then the stand up in the morning. It's it's heavy when you have a bed which is perhaps lower level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you like some um, box spring bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do you? Are you super crazy hungry the next day because you're still on a deficit, or how does that work? Depends. I think it's really the question how stressed your body, uh, your your stomach is. Some mm. people react more on this stress, so they don't eat so much. Mm. I could eat a lot the next day. Yeah, yeah, and even the the evening of the competition mm. day. Yes. Ah, okay, okay. But more light things, you know, like yeah, white bread or carbohydrates, of course, spaghetti, something like this. Mm. You you love and you have this very. This, uh, this need, this craving of carbohydrates. Nice. Yeah. When do you get? When do you train again? How long do you take before you do light training again? 
Um, I was together on a camp with Mark Allen. He he was winning the competition, uh, the world championship, six times in a row. And he, he told us on a seminar that he didn't train swimming, biking, and running for eight weeks. <laughs> so that why? And that's that's always what I what I tell my client when they compete and they do some marathon or they do an Ironman, whatever. Uh, the muscular system is very fast. You know it by yourself. When you train very hard leg day and you have very pain the next two or three days, it, you need a week to recover. Yeah. So the muscles are on this maximum again. Yeah. That's not the point. It's the nerves or what is it? Yes. Mm. It's a nervous system. Mm. You can, you know, you have to understand that you, with your will, you give every second some push in your total muscle system, contraction, 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 running, biking, swimming. So, the, of course, the, the running is the most impact sport of these other two. You know, swimming is very, it's low impact. You have always contraction only. You yeah. have not this extraction. Not yeah, so I don't know what it's called. Extension, maybe? Extension. So, when the muscle get longer, the biking, you have always contraction. Yeah. There you have no impact, you know, no... Yeah. Uh, you don't have to weight your body weight, but running is you have this bam, ah, bam, yeah, on 40, heels, you 2,000 know. times uh, <laughs> together when you have one meter per step, yeah. this average. So it's a lot of stress. And, mm. and to run is the most complex movement we are doing. Now, for us, it's normal. We, we walk, mm. but even the walking, when you have some accident, uh, and you sure. couldn't to relearn the, the 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 walking or even the running is so complex. So this is a lot of stress for the nervous system, mm. and this take time to eight weeks. Damn, what do you train then once you get back to it? Uh, some running, yeah, some little gym after perhaps two weeks. Some uh, some alternative endurance like indoor cycling, perhaps a little bit yeah. or some inline skating or some beach volleyball or whatever you want but not even for the you know for the motivation it's so important that you have this craving again mm. fuck now i want to run yeah yeah and I, I don't think when you have a good connection to your body that you really feel this i want to run after yeah two or three weeks after this competition that's how i feel with work <laughs> really like uh, I, I I said this in a YouTube video the other day when it's Sunday and you're just like hyped for Monday like come on let's go tomorrow let's go I'm already pre-working a little bit I'm pre-preparing I'm like, oh yeah then I'm gonna do this right away yeah it's a good sign of course if you don't feel that on a Sunday if you're like oh Monday's coming then it's a sign that you need to Exhausted. relax a little bit more yes. so much of what I teach now that is different to what I used to teach when I was in my 20s is like, <laughs> listen more. Learn to really understand your flow, your mentality, your focus, your brain, your body, like you said, mm. instead of just pushing blindly. In my 20s, I was just push blindly, fuck it, mm. until you break. You literally snap and, you know, you have burnout and then you have to, you cannot work for a year properly. That's happened to me. It's very tough. Yeah. Now it's more like, listen to the signs. Sunday, you hype for work, great, perfect. You hit that perfect balance, that dance of chilling, doing active recovery, and also working really hard. If you're feeling sluggish on Sunday, it's you're still not fully recovered. And 
a lot of people ask like, what's your work-life balance? How many hours do you work? They're mm -hmm. trying to find the easy answer. In reality, it's only a skill of listening to your nervous system, to your characters, or whatever it is that, to your soul, whatever. Like it's that listening. You really got to find yourself and get to know yourself and take the time to do so. That's the reason why I, I like to, to give my clients because they're that. Sometimes they are so dissociated from their body. Yes. They don't exactly. have this connection anymore, exactly. this mind-body connection. So I, I like to give them some tools to track mm. how the body is, you know, is feeling, how the nervous system is. So for example, this whoop band. Mm. I like it because it gives me feedback how was my sleep and how was my stress level in the day, mm. stress level. And mainly the entrepreneurs we are we are coaching. They can't sleep really very well because mm. they are so stressed. They have this high cortisol levels because mm -hmm. they don't have this balance. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't like this word work-life balance because for me, is work is life. So yeah, 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 <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make sense. And when you have a forty or fifty or sixty-hour week, and then you want uh, after going to the supermarket and make your dishes, make your washes, uh, bring your children to to the school, then you have this life. Perhaps <laughs> these a few hours in the week yeah. that can't work. You, you have to find something which you love, then it's it's not work. But even then, because I, I love my work, it's like my calling. Uh, I do a lot to have my me time. I call it my me time, mm -hmm. where I re readjust, where I um, refill my resources to be resilient. We wrap this because we want to leave a quick word of our sponsor, which is... Nobody, myself, my business makes enough money. But if you're still listening to this and if you enjoy the fact that we don't have any commercial stuff in there, please do consider hitting five star as a review, whether you're listening to this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. There is some sort of star rating thingy. Give us five stars. We would strongly appreciate that because it helps us reach more people. That being said, thank you so much for supporting this wonderful podcast and enjoy. What you said was really, really good where you said most entrepreneurs, they're so disconnected from their mind body that yeah. they don't even feel that. Why do you think is that? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's a tough question. I think there are many factors. Um, first of all, we don't learn it. Mm. We don't have we don't have uh, one course in the school. How do you find your body mind connection? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How to meditate? Uh, how to eat healthy? Why is moving or training so important? We don't learn this. Mm. We don't learn it in the school. We don't learn it, especially when you have perhaps uh, your diploma in sports science. But then when you have perhaps economic or some just whatever what you study on the university mm. you don't learn how to be connected how to how uh, i say how we, to treat yourself on a healthy way we don't learn health mm. even the doctors don't learn health mm. they learn 55000 illnesses mm. they don't Good learn point. any health they don't have any study about nutrition they don't learn about something supplements, automolecular medicine. They don't learn how is training, how that really works on endurance or weight training. They don't learn it. Hmm. So how they can teach you to be healthy? It's it's a sick system and not a health system. That's yes. How we always say. Um, 
what you said is really interesting that you're like, we never learn it. And I have a, I have a notepad on my phone. It's called value nuggets. Yeah. And it's literally just like anything I, I catch from a book, from a podcast, from a oh, YouTube cool. video. Yeah. I just write it down. Yeah. And, uh, among the many, many points that I wrote down was actually something that when we were on Ibiza at the entrepreneurial retreat, yeah. what the Charmin said, I love that so much that I wrote it down and it fits super well to what you just said. So I just want to read it out real quick. Um, he says, he said, and he addressed us, if you remember, like the first session with the Charmin where he kind of said, it's so cool that all of you guys are entrepreneurs. Yes. It's a very cool group. He said, you as, a, you as business owners are very, very important. You're changing the world. Your work is healing the world. Mm. You're building great empires. Mm. But because this material work is very hard, you have lost yourself. You've forgotten about yourself, your home, your spiritual home, and your ancestry. And I agree that everyone doesn't learn how to connect their body, how to listen to their body, but especially us entrepreneurs, because we're so much into this grind, 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 business, business, business. Let's go. Let's make sales here. Let's hire people. Let's do ads. Let's create content. It's such an all-consuming thing. It's almost like a, a hydra, like a monster, like a mythological monster <laughs> that you're feeding. It's in your basement and you're feeding it. And if you're, if you're not careful, that monster will break out and wreak havoc in your house. It's going to destroy everything. But when you train it, when you work with it, this monster can carry you. It can help you build. You can leverage this monster, the strength of it. Mm. It's There's this saying, I can't remember. It's like, I can't remember where I caught that saying, but it's like an elephant. It takes only a single elephant to destroy an entire village. Mm. But if you train that elephant, it can help build it. Yeah, That's exactly how it is. So especially with us entrepreneurs, we're building this monster, this hydra, this elephant, whatever the metaphor is. And if we, but we've, a lot of them fail to learn to build a relationship with it, a, 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 a constructive relationship, a symbiotic relationship. And that's kind of what, what you said, what the Charmin said, and what I've also realized. Yeah. Now, what do you, how do you teach it to your clients to build that relationship with their body, with their minds, so that they don't over-push? Yeah. First, perhaps three points. The first thing... I think in this time now we have this disruptive time, and as an entrepreneur, you have to you have to juggle, juggle, juggle yeah. with so many different balls. You know, yeah. when I remembered ten years ago as a speaker, I was an international professional keynote speaker. I had only a few balls. Mm. You know, have some requests, answer. And go there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then comes social media and then mm-hmm. comes online marketing and mm-hmm. then comes podcasts and then comes. True. So it's now so many balls you have to handle as entrepreneur. It's very difficult because you have this focus. Um, that, that's the, the surface. What, what I feel interesting of that's the kind we work now. What kind of belief system is behind that you define your personality and your worth only about your business. Mm. 
So that's what we learn from childhood that we are um, worthy only when we have done something. So that's so unconsciously in our programming that we are only a good person when we do something. It's not that we are good because we was born. Yeah. No, you are good when you have some performance yeah. in the school, uh, at the university, in your business. So unconsciously, we feed this belief system, the more I do, the better I am. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, this, uh, uh, I do something, then I have something, and then I am something. Mm. And that's the wrong direction. We have to understand on a deeper level We are, we are, and when we do what we are, then it becomes something in, on the outside. Mm -hmm. And many people, because it's so easy, define their self on the outside with this business and the success and the money and the cash and the cars and blah, blah, blah. But why they do it? Because they don't feel wealthy. <laughs> and, when you, and when you go this journey uh, to reflect yourself, And of course, we, 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 we work on different levels. Of course, because for me, everything is mental. It's 100% mental. Mm. And I have, you know, this five mental factors which I go through with my clients. Uh, the first, I said, it's 95%. It's not what I tell. It's what the more intelligent people and scientists say. 95%. I think it's more, but 95% is unconscious. Mm. So that means all our behavior is driven unconscious. We are not conscious why we are doing things. So that means that we are driven mainly from programming from our parents. And this is a different generation. We have now a different time. So it's interesting for me you know, when we talk. Now I'm 56, you are younger. Your generation have a Total different approach about business. Yeah, yeah, very true. You know, when I when I talk with my clients, they're more on the they're forty, fifty, sixty. They had they have a total different mindset than you hmm. and your peer group. Mm -hmm. When when you look about business people, and so first of all is look really deep. What are your limiting beliefs? Like I'm not good enough, or They have some topics with their parents or their fathers because they never told them you are a good person or I love you. And so they they try to um ausgleichen. They they try to balance. Yeah, they try to balance this 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 um mangel, meine Güte. Um <laughs> <laughs> try to balance this lack. Yeah, this lack with some material things. Yeah, okay. And that's higher and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the, the second part. So many people, even the business people, they compare always with the outside. Hmm. Especially. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I want to be the number one. When I, when I have clients and they say, what is your goal? I want to be the number one in my market. And yeah. I say, bullshit. It's very, it's very <laughs> extrinsic. Yeah, it's extrinsic motivation. motivated. Yeah. It's not intrinsic motivated. So be, when, I say always, when, when, you're, when you compare yourself to others, This is the track of unhappiness. Mm. Yep. Because what do you do? You have the biggest boat, and then somebody come There's with a bigger boat. Yeah. There's always There's a bigger always boat. You know, we had yeah. this scene when we, were, we had our Ironman seminar on Mallorca. Um, Jeff Bezos was there. Nice. With his boat. And he had two boats. Yeah. Because one for himself. 
<laughs> and one for his stuff. Oh, that's funny. So I think it's one of the biggest boats you can ever have on this on this planet. And he will be perhaps now lucky to have the biggest <laughs> boat on there. Perhaps to the moment, I don't know, some Elon Musk will come with a bigger boat. <laughs> I mean, he got a spaceship, you know? Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> when you have the big, biggest boat, there's another guy who has his damn spaceship. So um, I think that, that that's a part many entrepreneurs they have this penis comparing yeah, yeah, <laughs> on a yeah. different level that's that's the first part you have to check what is your unconscious belief about yourself yeah. and about life the second thing and, and that's what we talked about a little bit on the iron man what always they ask me when i had my keynotes Sadhguru, how you have done that 17 times Ironman. Yeah. how you can motivate to do this stuff and i said you don't have to you have to understand the competition That's the party zone. <laughs> That's the event. That's nice because people are watching you. You have this different area. You you travel to another country. You have your nice hotel where you prepare yourself. Then you have this nice nature, perhaps on Hawaii or whatever. I was in Florida or on the Caribbean islands. I was on Ironman. Whatever. It's that's a nice party. You have to ask me, Slatko, how you can motivate yourself for one year to train every single day when nobody is watching and it's raining. <laughs> it's the private victories that you have to rack up. Yeah, so how you do it. And that's the same in entrepreneurship. And that's what I found out in my coaching. Many clients, I would say 90%, they don't have a clear vision. Mm. They don't have this big emotional picture from yeah. themselves They're associated just, mm. what they will see in five years when the company is growing. Of course, you have to uh, to to underfeed this vision with some KPIs. Yes, I, I like this because, like a training plan, you know, you have your numbers, you yeah. know your watts, you know your heart rate, you know your case you are doing every week and every day. But at the end, when there is no emotional picture, so what, 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 to bring it different words, where there when there is no vision, there is no emotion. And when there's no emotion, there's no motion. Mm. So the vision is so important. Mm. What is the picture from your company in five years when you want to schedule, when you want to grow? How many employees you will have? Uh, How the office looks like? How, what kind of tables you will have in it? Uh, what kind of clients you want to have really where you have party with them, where it's nice, where it's a win-win-win situation because the family, they, they feel better because they make this coaching, for example, with us. So yeah. I have a vision for my business to give an example. Uh, in I would say perhaps in five or maximum 10 years. I don't care about the time because the vision is so emotional. And we talked about when you came in, you saw the Spartana yeah, helmet yeah. here. Spartan, the 300 Spartan Yeah, the three. I want to, uh, to grow to an Iron Mind club with 300 entrepreneurs. Ah, nice. We're really on a different level where we have these events, where we invite CEOs from some charity organizations to make really a big impact to the society. Mm. That's my vision. Mm. And I see the stage i see the crowd i have yeah. this picture everybody is in black white stand there and we have this big event and that's my emotional picture mm -hmm. and because it's so high so big for me like when i was starting for competing for hawaii uh, it's so big I, I i take this metaphor 
many entrepreneurs they have a small vision like it's no the small glass mm -hmm. and they stand here and then they have a small problem mm -hmm. so they can't see ah on the way the vision so, anymore so for the people listening it's like the entrepreneur cannot see the vision because the vision is so small yeah that a small problem in front of it is already covering the vision behind it yeah it's like like a mountain when you see yeah. when you see a small mountain and you have another mountain which is a big problem for you yeah. then you are not motivated anymore but when the vision is bigger you always can see the goal why you are doing this what uh, you do yeah And that's the metaphor. And that's, of course, then we come to the belief system again. Many people, they are not used to think big. Mm -hmm. We knew the sentence, think big, but to understand it on a deeper level, what it makes emotionally with you and unconsciously, that's the big game. It's, it's a very German thing too, this not thinking big. Of course. Very, yeah. I mean, I'm Austrian, same for us. Yeah. Um, you brought a, really, a couple of really, really good points in there. And... It's really funny the way epiphanies work because I've had exactly that epiphany um, of like vision, the importance of it. Epiphany is 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 a I don't now I don't know German anymore. I don't know my own damn language. Let's Google it. Heureka moment. Heureka moment. How do you say that in German? I know, but I know I know now what you mean. Yeah. Okay. So so. Every time I get an epiphany, I happen to hear the same epiphany over and over again afterwards. It's almost like a confirmation. Mm -hmm. What you said of like, you have to have a vision, you have to have, you got to go in with a specific plan. Like you got to visualize things. I've heard this thousands of times before. Yeah. Oh, visualize your success. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It yeah. makes zero sense. But now I kind of learned it. And then Nikki Bra, shout out, said exactly the same because, mm -hmm. you know, he also works with, with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of high performers. And he said every single uh, billionaire that he's ever worked with, that he's ever talked to, they all have one thing in common. And that is that they're, they have a very specific picture of the future. Yes. Hyper specific. Yes. And so do I. So because he asked me, he's like, what do you where do you want to live when you're older? And I'm like, yeah, I want to have a house with a cherry tree. With uh, with horses, with uh, this kind of garden, with a sauna, with this like I already know exactly yeah. how my damn house is gonna look like, and he's yeah. like, "That's a good sign, you know." And now you like, say, "Like an inner architect for yourself." Exactly, an yeah. inner architect of myself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, and that really brought me to. I got like a little mini epiphany that is connected to that, and I had it two days ago, and I posted on it on Twitter right away the moment I had that epiphany. That's the following. Last year, 2023, January to December, I've traveled more than ever before. Yeah. I've worked harder than ever before. I've yeah. worked more hours than ever before. I've done more awesome stuff than ever before. Yeah. Went to more concerts, yeah. did more things, relaxed more, chilled more, yeah. as if my days had 36 hours each. <laughs> yeah. And the only difference that allowed me to do that and I couldn't do it the years before was because I went in with intention and purpose and vision every single time. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't a leaf in the wind that was like, ah, oh, I feel so tired. Let me chill now. Oh, now let's put in some work. Oh, maybe travel. Mm. I was like, 
I'm going to work out till Friday. Saturday, Sunday, chill, chill. Monday, nothing. Spontaneous. Tuesday, this. I always had intention. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I wasn't spontaneous. Sure, I was spontaneous as well. But everything I did, I did with 100% intention behind it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I was way more productive than ever before. I relaxed more than ever before. But I also worked more than ever before. Yeah. It's exactly that vision that you're doing things with a purpose behind it. And you stop being a fucking leaf in the wind that is just reacting to its environment. That was the key. Because everybody says like, I mean, you probably hear this a lot too. It's like, how can you balance a business and the training and the sport and the family and all that? I don't have the time for that. I yeah. come home from my fucking work and then I'm tired. Yeah, it's not necessarily just that you're tired. It's that you come home from work and now you're scrolling on Facebook on the toilet for an hour. <laughs> you know that you're already done for the last 55 minutes, but now you're scrolling around on Facebook. Then you're watching Netflix. Then you're listening to the fucking radio. I read books. Like, do you know how many books I read last year just while cooking steak? Mm. Like, I just put audio audio book in while I'm cooking my steak. It takes around 30 minutes from marinating, like, like, like salting the steak all the way to finishing it. It's about 30 minutes. Yeah. You listen to an audiobook and double the speed, you get an hour of reading in every damn breakfast. I read more books than the average person without ever sitting down yes. to fucking read a book because I go in with purpose and because I'm actively not wasting my time. At no point whatsoever in my day do I want to be a leaf in the wind Mm. where I'm reacting to something. Mm. That's why I told you too, is I don't check my emails in the morning. No, that's because the worst if thing I did, you can start your day. Yeah. Exactly. It's the worst yeah. part of the start of the worst way to start Because you're in reactive mode then. Exactly. Yeah. You're full in reactive mode. I'm active at everything I do. And that allows me to squeeze out way more relaxing time for spontaneity out of my day than the average person. When we talk about energy, of course, you have to ask yourself as an entrepreneur, if you do really stuff which gives you energy you know when 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 entrepreneurs come home and they say i don't have the time or i'm empty of energy uh, i i give them the the question when you have children and they're 12 13 14 ask them how funny do you find me when i come from home work <laughs> <laughs> so no that that's feedback yeah yeah from your environment from that's your nearest one. environment uh, how much energy you have and i think i feel it in, in your case and my when i come home i'm energized yeah i'm not yeah. empty of course i have done a lot of things and sometimes well I'm but this is energy and then what you say it's so important when i sit in the car i wait mm to reset and mm. say now different role, different head, mm. different position, different situation, different intention. Mm. Now I'm father or now wow. I'm husband. So different intention. That's, I think there's this book in German, you know, that it's called like a little bit um, professional business and private amateur. Mm -hmm. So th that's a little bit what a lot of entrepreneurs are living They're very professional in their KPIs and their goal setting and yeah. their plan and their schedule when it comes to business. But they are, you know, they are reactive when it's on mm, the private life. That's a good and, point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. One of the things why I wanted you to be on my podcast, I've told you this before and I also put this into an email. Did I send you ever that email? No. So the, the kind of the decision where I'm like, okay, I want you on the podcast was... We were in Ibiza, you know, nobody knew each other. It was just a bunch of entrepreneurs sitting at a table and you yeah. and I were sitting next to each other. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there like you, you have great hair, great beard. 
<laughs> and you're like clearly older than me, you know. And then you said you're 56. I'm like, oh, you don't look like 56. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, well, earlier this year, um, you told me about your bucket list, like yes. all the things you want to do. And yeah. I said, oh yeah, this year has been going great for me. I went, I, I went shooting AK-47s. I went swimming with the dolphins and all that. <laughs> and and you know, I was just hearing that as I was eating my porridge. And then I'm like, wait, hold on a second, wait. <laughs> You said you're 56, and you know, like, I, I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to be mean, but like, for me in my head, 50, your life is over. It's yeah, always course, been like course. that. I was when I wasn't your age, it was for me old. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, you know, like, 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 my, like, I remember my grandma was 50 years old, yes. right? When I was a kid, yeah. and I'm, oh, that's like grandma age. So, in my head, I'm sitting here at 33, and I'm like, oh, I, just, I got a couple more years. I got like seven more years and I'm 40 and then it goes downhill and I have 17 more years. I'm 50. Fuck. I got, I got a hard I work, work hard. I got to do more things yet. I have the Slatko sitting next to me at 56 mm. telling me how this year he swam with the dolphins. He made a ton of money, got a cool watch and a <laughs> beautiful wife driving nice cars. And I'm like, <laughs> and for the first time in my life, it clicked in my brain. I'm like, no, I mean, at 56, you can fucking crush it in life. Of course. You can be, a crazy guy, you can be sporty, you can have high energy. It does it's all about how you live your damn life. Do you want to know what I thought? What did you think? <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> I thought, you know, uh, in my time, you know, I I, I think personal development uh, is one topic which is in my life than 35 years. Mm. And in my time, you have to go to the seminars or yeah. you have to read the books. And when I look now at my my academy, you know, my program, my coaching, there is only the diamonds of this 35 years journey. And of course, you can inhale this in some YouTube videos. You have, in your generation, you have this freedom and this chance to inhale so much wisdom and so much knowledge yeah. in a second. Yeah, It's everything, it's, it's there. Of course, you have to search, and that's why coaching makes sense to give you a guideline because you, the information is not the point. You know, to 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 look where are you standing. That's the reason why I always answer when they ask, "What is the best book for you?" I say, "I don't know where you are standing." Yeah, depends. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't tell you what the best book is for you. For me, it was at this time this book. But to, to come to my thought, I thought, "Hey, they are thirty. They are thirty-five, and they're old." <laughs> they're now doing a lot of fun stuff. They have this freedom. They have this digital lifestyle. They have uh, success in business. They are trained like hell. Wow. Mm. What kind of life they have to, to, to wait for. It's, it's mm. cool. It's cool. It's, it's funny because <laughs> I, I look at, I got 19-year-olds that work in sales in my yeah. company. And I'm yeah. like, you're 19 and you're already crushing, you know? It's like when I was like, like for me, it started at 20, 21. Yes. And I got this 19-year-old who's like, Max, I watched your videos when I was 14. Yeah. yeah and amazing. now I'm doing sales and I already sold cars. And I'm like, at 19, all I did was freaking uh, uh, watch The Simpsons at home, <laughs> you know, and play video games. Like, it's crazy. And, yeah. you know, like... Social and that's media. A that's the reason why it's so important to be aware about your unconscious belief system because mm. it comes from the generation before. Mm. And the generation before had a total different life. That's a good point. And then, and then on, on top of that, social media just 
gets criticized so much. And I agree, you got to be careful. But yeah. on the other hand, I'm like, it enables us that kind of stuff. Because look, social media is just algorithms, very powerful algorithms. Yeah. But these algorithms, they get trained by you. You yourself. So if you go on on your Instagram and you say, "Well, I get distracted because I all I see is like hot girls dancing around, shaking their ass," <laughs> you know, like yeah. my 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 thirteen year old cousin, all she does is watches kitty videos of of cats on a skateboard. She's not gonna get girls' asses. It's just the algorithm gets trained differently. So yeah. it's a tool very powerful tool like again like having a hydra monster in your freaking basement same spirits it's just another monster so if you let that monster just rampage and do with you as you please you become the leaf in the wind and your social media is just going to show you stuff that distracts you but if you do it right if you go to my youtube for example like my, if you log in in my youtube it's all just personal development money making formula one and poker yeah that's that's the reason. that's what what i yeah. train my algorithm to show me yeah, and um, yeah, you could argue Formula One and poker are, are a little bit more on the <laughs> distractive side. Although poker is really, it's much more about the mentality and the mind yeah, things that they do. You learn a lot. So. Um, but it's like, again, it's like my, I train my algorithm by clicking on the right things that actually help me. So social media per se is not bad. No. It's just a tool you need to learn how to use. Of course. Yes. Uh, that's what I tell my clients. You know, you don't have only to be aware about your nutrition diet. Like we talked before, your diet. Yeah, yeah, information diet, because, mm. you know, the sentence perhaps from Watzlawick, you can't not communicate. It's, you know, the sentence and oh, you can't, man, one of yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. And you, I say the sentence, you can't not take information in. Mm. So every information goes directly into your unconscious. You can't cannot deal with information. Mm. The information will have an impact. It is we call it priming you know, on the unconscious way. Mm. So we have this nice film Focus with Will Smith. I don't know if you know it. With, no. Where he primed the Chinese people to make um, a bet yeah. uh, about, he, he told him, you know, look on the football field and I will write now, before you look on the paper, the number of the person you'll pick and I will give you this paper closed. Wow. And then he looked, you know, through his glasses and he picked the guy and it was the same number. And then he explained what we have done here because he was a professional trick person. Yeah. Um, he primed the person the whole day because everywhere was the nine, number 55. He was oh. taking the car. There were some people, yeah, 55. <laughs> he, he, he saw a bus. There was a big picture of a person, which will be the person on the football field. Oh, so man. he was professional in preparing this person to prime his unconscious system that when he picks, and we pick some, what we feel comfortable because we know it, then we pick, and he picked the 55. So that's, you know, in, in uh, psychology called priming. And this, of course, happens all the time when we take information, when we, when we read the news, uh, when we see some films. And for me, I had my awakening about the unconscious power. Uh, it was a, a keynote from Randy Gage. I don't know if you know him. He was one of, he's one of the biggest prosperity coaches and trainers in the United States from Miami. And he had a keynote for in the NSA, the National Speakers Association. So yep. 2,000 speakers from the whole world, the most successful, 
was coming together and we had some seminars and keynotes and workshops. And he tell the story, you know, I, I had this I had this vacation with my with my clients on Maldives and we had this nice bungalows on the sea and you could see you know in your bedroom under your when you put some bread in the water all these fish in different yeah. colors and you know this apartment was something like 1000 per night and the others on the beach they had only 300 per night mm -hmm. and when we flew there it was first class you know and I was walking and I saw this different section there behind you know it was looking like a prison it was ah, i didn't know it. that this economy <laughs> class and all the people was laughing and he said you know i can understand you know you can understand when you're as a speaker you know you're a very very famous speaker and you have this lot of money and then there's this flight you know 10 hours uh, to Tahiti or to Maldives and you have the 1000 the economy class and you have this 12000 dollars in the business class why anybody, you know, 10 hours would spend 1,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was what I was thinking. Everybody was laughing. I said, well, it's not what you think. And then let's explore your, you know, this, your, your prosperity consciousness. Mm. And that was for me to, wow, what kind of power is it when you think about your unconscious belief about prosperity, mm. about uh, money, about selling, about to be rich and when we think about information we what we talked about priming uh even in one film like titanic you have on the unconscious level more than 100 scene where you get the information rich people are evil oh uh, money is nothing mm. um you know you are when you are poor you are happy you know they yeah, were yeah. you know the film where they go on the third they floor and they're, they're dancing and partying dancing, so much they have, party, than, they have yeah. fun and on you know on the first level the rich people they are boring they drink their they, yeah. champagne they're smoking their cigars so level after level you get in the information and when even when it's emotional you know, this memes, we call it this mind yeah. virus, yeah. these memes yeah. go very, very fast in your unconscious. And there's this scene, you know, where the rich guy takes a baby or a child from a woman to take the boat. Yeah. So you sit in the cinema and you take your popcorn and you think, ah, this shit guy, I know it before, rich people are evil. Mm. And you don't get it but it's in your system now and it's yeah. over and over and again when you look your propaganda media and uh, when you go to social media on the wrong wrong sides you will get these memes so th that's the reason why our clients make so fast changes because we, we you know everybody's talking about mindset so my first question when i have a coach and i say oh we make mindset you know is that, okay how do you um change this mindset how you change belief systems. Well, we talk about it. Now, do you have a system for that? Do you have a method methodic for this? Mm, not really. <laughs> All right. So there's some, of course, some ways to change this unconscious belief, like I'm not well, uh, um, I'm worthful, or I'm not, um, I'm not allowed to be healthy or rich in 15 or 20 minutes. I changed more than 300 person now in 50 minutes, but there was very scary about flying. Mm. You know, this, this fly um, scarcity of yeah. flying. So when you know how to change this inner world, this inner pictures, it's very fast. Mm. And then 
the change is so easy on your behavior level. Yeah. And what many coaches are doing out there, outside there, they try to change the behavior, but it's a symptom. Yeah. You have to go to the source. Mm. Yeah. And that's your belief system. That is so, uh, it's such crazy brainwashing that we're getting that wealth is evil or yeah. just wanting to make a lot of money. Yes. Like, you know, you, you sit at the dinner table with your, with your parents and they're like, what do you want to do? You know, and you're like, oh, I want to make a lot of money. There would almost always be the interjection of, yeah, but money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but again, like, it's not a bad thing to want more money. For me, it's energy. Yeah, it, 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 it creates safety for you, for your kids, better education, better food, more mental health. I mean, it's literally, there's, there's so, many, so much research that has just shown, like, the poor you are, the worse your mentality is off. Sure, mental health caps at a certain stage of income. I think it was a couple of years ago, it was like, if you make more than... I think 70,000 a, a year. Yeah. Um, like after that, you don't get happier. And probably now with inflation, it's probably a little bit more. I don't want to buy this. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to buy this. You know, I, I, I know this study. And I, yes, I can understand that when you have a special level of lifestyle, you know, it's not the bigger car or the bigger house or whatever. But on the other side, I think um, for me, it's an expression of not to have enough fantasy what yeah. what do you want to do with the money yeah, yeah you know yeah. some experience like yeah. we have done on ibiza it was expensive exactly and to do this to have this freedom for me it's freedom money is freedom free yeah. and it's energy what which comes back when you do a good job the more you do for many people and more uh, more people will have an impact the more money you will get exactly. easy part it's a reflection so, of that yeah it's a reflection money is only one energy level and you get some awareness or you get some um, helping from other people and with that it's you know the sentence like um, I don't know in English and German will money distract your character or will mm. make, make your change poison your character poison your yeah. character no no it doesn't poison it shows your character yeah amen <laughs> yeah. amen yeah. And I always say, and I used to say, like, I've been saying this for years, it's not how much you make, it's how you make it. Yeah. How are you making that money? Are you making that money because you have an impact on people, because you're talking to people, you're coaching them, and you know, you're sharing your passion? Are you making your money in a way that you're doing it online from wherever you want? You can have your own um, time schedule. All these things contribute to a happier life as you're making money. You could make more as a banker, but you hate it. I'm not saying there's probably bankers out there that love what they do, but there's probably bankers that just do it for the money. So you would be freaking miserable. So I call this the Even setup. The banker, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I call this the setup life or setup business where you basically say like anything you do in your business is something that you love doing anyways, and it feeds into each other. So for example, when I go, I set my business up in the B2C realm for a reason. And that reason was, if I go to a Formula One race, mm. I make more money. That race that I go to pays itself. How? Because I position my company, my business, my brand in a way that when I go to Formula One, mm -hmm. I just film it on Instagram, on YouTube. I talk about it on the podcast. People get inspired by that. They say, 
I'm a Formula One fan, but I cannot go mm. because I'm not an online coach like Max. I should make more money or I should have the spare time to do so. I want to buy Max's program. So he teaches me that because uh, I want to live the lifestyle that he inspires me to do. So now I'm not only going to Formula One because I like it, but I'm also getting paid to do it. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for um, why do I have tattoos on my hand? That could be bad for my business, right? Mm -hmm. But the way I built my brand is I say things like, the reason why I have tattoos in my hand because I could never get a job like this, which is the goal, <laughs> to never have a freaking job. So I, so it's a reminder for myself. Have like, a chance you, to go back to the normal system. Exactly. There's no turning back. I burned the boats, right? Yeah. Uh, when I went to see Metallica in, in Paris, it was an expensive trip. We flew from Japan back to Europe to Paris. We rented a place there. We invited some friends. We all went to see Metallica. And I'm like, again, well, when I'm there, I'll make sure to fucking film this. I had an extra videographer there who smuggled in the camera in his pants, by the way. If people wonder how you smuggle in the camera to see Metallica like smuggling the camera in his pants. And we filmed it. And that cool footage went on Instagram stories, Instagram reels. Mm. So now next thing I know... My closer reports, hey, I had someone on the call and they said they loved how I went to see Metallica because they're a Metallica fan and that's why they chose to go with us as opposed to someone else who has the exact same offer as us. Mm. Because on a surface level, I'm not unique. How many guys are out there that look similar to me that have the exact same offer? Like, hey, we help you become a coach, make your first 10K a month. I'm not the freaking only one who had the idea to sell this. Yeah. But... It's the way I position myself that makes me unique. The internet has created 8 billion monopolies if people only had the balls to fucking be themselves. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to hide myself. I don't want to act like I am the professional and I am here, welcome. That would suck because I would be miserable. Sure, I would probably make more money. I would probably make more money if I didn't say... I don't buy that. Yeah, exactly. Because now we can, if you spin that idea further, it's I actually make more money it's because it's my brand. Yes. I, like, I'm swearing there's going to be people there who say, I don't like how Max says the F word, so I'm not going to buy from him. You know what? But I don't care because... You don't it, want to be spend, spend time with these people. I don't want to spend time with these no. people. I want to be able to be... I want to look forward to, oh, I have the podcast with Slatko today. We can talk about anything, whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. That makes me hyped about it. When I'm hyped, I enjoy it. When I'm enjoying it, I do a better job. When I do a better job, I get paid more. And that's always why I say it's important how you make it and not how much you make. And this, you know, this this comes, of course, directly to this, do you feel yourself as accountable and wealthy and healthy and wertvoll? Uh, um, precious. Precious. Precious or precious. valuable. Valuable. Because when you, when you behave like you feel, of course, you will have deeper connection to the people who will especially like this style. Yeah. yeah. That's brand building. When you try to please everybody you will have a lot of people will come to your company or buy your product and then they will argue with you that's the reason why when my you know why trailer for my book um the, the 55 uh secret uh yeah rules for more peak performance we have this scene with my car it's an error six you know and i'm driving and now it's so of course i knew a lot of people will hate this. Oh, you know, this guy, he has to show his cars. Yeah. I like my car and it's okay. And I don't want to argue if it's now better to have an electric car or it's too much PS or economy, blah. 
I don't want that. So yeah. brand building, be as you are and you will have friends who like you as you are, not how you behave. Exactly. I'd rather be hated for who I am than yeah. liked for who I'm not. <laughs> uh, I always put the, the example of Rammstein, the band Rammstein, yeah. you know. Um, people, like when they go play a concert somewhere, there's people protesting against it, you know. <laughs> Parents forbid their children to listen to the Rammstein, right? I know my mom back, I mean, maybe now it's a little different, but my mom was like, don't listen to this band. Like, they're evil, you know. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you see people that got tattoos of their names, of their faces all over their body. That's a perfect example of being polarizing, of being hated, but also love. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we always used to have an example of Starbucks. Nobody hates Starbucks. Everybody's like, yeah, it's there. De decent coffee. Everybody likes it. Nobody loves it, though. I don't see anyone getting Starbucks tattoos. When they would know what is inside, they wouldn't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good example. It's an example of, the, yeah, it's liked by everybody, but not loved or hated. You got to be like Rammstein, though. Mm. If you really want to make in this world, especially with branding, social media, where it's hard to cut through the noise and build your own niche within your niche, mm. you have to be willing to be hated. People are going to hate you anyways. Even if you try to make everybody happy, please, everyone, people are still going to fucking hate. Best example, Mr. Beast. Do you know Mr. Beast? Fa fam Beast. Famous YouTube channel, one of the biggest YouTubers in the world, and he's known for his charity, all right? So what this guy does is he makes videos of like, we're going to plant a million trees, plants a million trees, great. Donates a shit ton of money, works together with Elon Musk, great fucking guy. And on top of that, it's one of the best performing YouTube channels of all time. This guy gets 50 million views per video. Shout out to Mr. Beast. Mr. Now, Beast. now guess what he does? Like he, the Beast, he, the... the then like literally like the word like Mr. Beast yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. so and here's the crazy thing this is a young guy too he's like I think he's younger than me probably 20s or late 20s something like that and he makes a ton of money and what he does is he spends all the money he has on his YouTube videos mm. he either does that or he donates so this guy is literally like he's not like a YouTube influencer that is buying Lambos from the money for himself and do cool things look at me I'm so cool mm. he just makes a ton of money and then spends all that money on making even better videos. And then he started doing charity work where he literally said, hey, in this video, we're going to find a thousand people that cannot hear and we, we make a surgery that helps them hear. We're going to give hearing to a thousand people. We're going to film it. We're going to film their emotions when they first hear things. Wow. And it's great. We're doing good things and we're creating awesome content. Next video he did, one of the latest ones where he said is like, I, I can't remember what exactly it was. It was, we're going to build wells for water in Africa. Mm. How fucking cool is that? You got a young guy making a lot of money and he spends it on building fucking wells for Africa. You know what people did? They, they complained because... It's gonna, because he's building all the wells in Africa, it's like white supremacy because it's, it's, it's basically showing that Africans can't build wells for themselves. Mm. So the example is yeah, even always. when you're fucking doing something good, people <laughs> are still gonna hate on you. Yeah, of course. So might as well do whatever the fuck you want, anyways. Don't be scared of people hating on you. You can literally build wells for African children and people still find a way to criticize you. So might as well go do your thing. Be provocative. 
If you want to become a freaking musician, become a musician. If you're sitting at the dinner table with your family saying, I want to make a lot of fucking money, go make a lot of fucking money. It, it's a lesson that you cannot learn early enough that people are going to hate on you anyways. So that's why you go drive your car and have fun because they're going to complain anyways. Yeah. So what do you... This was kind of like one thing that I wanted to ask you beforehand because you said like you had no experience when you did before you did your first Iron Man. How the hell did you have that idea anyways? Uh, I, yeah. It wasn't, you were young. You were, what, 20, 23, you said, or something? Um, I was 20 oh. when I saw it was, um, yeah, 20. It was, that was 1987. 90? Damn. 1987. And it was the first time they had some um, documentation in the ZDF, in this uh, German, German TV. TV about one hour and they showed these pictures you know from the island from this lava fields and the ocean and this fighting the first 100 meters all together it's mm -hmm. like let's a washing machine everybody's swimming uh, all over and they take your they grab your feet and they'll take your shoulder out out oh, really? fighting <laughs> you know the first one or two or three hundred meters depends how fast you can swim it's fighting and okay, sorry to interrupt yeah. you there why does does it make a difference if you're in front of someone for your time? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. does. Yeah, okay. you have some like you have you know, this wind um, shadow in the biking. Mm. The the slip, uh, slipstream. You, you, it's you called. You take it, some sure. thirty or fifty percent less power. It's something like between twenty thirty percent when you have somebody who has this feet. Um, Movements with, are, with the swimming, you mean? With the swimming. So it's better to swim behind someone? Yes, mm. because you have this air which comes from the feet down in the water and that gives you a different... Uh, oh, it gives position. you... It floats you better. Yeah, mm. you float better. So you have to like this, like the sucking uh, effect. The current sucks you further. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So you have to find your somebody who's a little bit faster than you and then keep the shadow. Got it, got it, got yeah, it. And then swim behind. So it's, mm. I saw these pictures and this fighting and this lava fields and this battle and the running and the exhausted and some people will come after 16 hours and 59 minutes and 59 seconds before the finish line is closed with 80 years, something like that. And I was inspired. It was like a virus. Mm. I saw, I want to be there. Mm. And from this moment I had this picture I had this picture and this vision and this emotion and all my my uh, channels, you know, visual, auditive, kinesthetic uh, channel, how it will feel when I will cross the line. Wow. And this vision was the reason why I started this journey. And that's the same in business. When you have a vision yeah. which yeah. really makes, oh, that movie is so cool. Fuck. Yeah. There's no problem on your way you get because every training, every single training session is a problem <laughs> because you have to increase your comfort zone. You know, you are used to to run perhaps 20k, and then you start to run the 20k in the morning without breakfast. So you will have every week these moments where you crush your body mm -hmm. because you have no glycogen 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 anymore in, in the body so <laughs> when you had this situation I don't know if you had it already when you're running with glycogen and then it's empty it's like you hit the wall mm. it's really <gasps> you, you, you are searching for air because a fat molecule needs something like 20 or 30 times more oxygen than the glycogen mm. because there's already oxygen in the molecule mm. structure so that's the reason you you know you see when you're in New York or I'm in Berlin this 
something like 20, 30 or 33K, many people are struggling in this time because the glycogen is empty. Damn. And so every training session is always a problem. Mm. And you will not be able to deal with this pain, to deal with this struggling when you don't have a big vision. So you're seeing this on TV. You're 20 years old, 1987. What do you do next? I do you, do I you train right away? or? Yeah, I started. I had a bike already. You know, it was a steel bike with something classic like 12 old. kilos. <laughs> classic one with, you know, these pedals where you fix your shoes with some stripes. Oh, I yeah. With this click system that yeah. we had now. And then I think two years later, so I had the first, or one year later, I had the first click. And I, I will never forget the moment I had this click and I was standing at the... Uh, oh. At the lights, at the you know, lights. I have to say, oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you fall, yeah. <laughs> fall on the side. So I started with, we had a small lake in my area and I was biking there, something like 10K to reach this lake. And there was one, one spot where you can reach the other side of the lake. And it was something like 25 meters. So I started with swimming this 25 meters. Wow. Then had a pause five, ten minutes, <laughs> recover, and then swim back, finish. That's it. <laughs> then after one week, I was swimming 25 meters in and back. Yeah. Then two times. Mm. Then I was very, you know, very faithful. And there was another spot. You could reach another area of the lake, uh, beach area. It was, I think, something like 400 meters. So I was swinging these four meters. Mm. I was exhausted. I was walking back. <laughs> so that's where I started my career yeah. <laughs> in swimming. Yeah. And from that moment where you started on TV to your first participation, how much time was in between? Uh, I had, of course, some some small distance competitions before, some short distance, Olympic distance. So it's 1.5 swimming, mm -hmm. 40K biking, and 10K running but that was already crazy. uh then in the i think in the in the not in the first year but in the second year and there of course i had this inspirational mo moment i was swimming good after from 300 people i was i think placed 221 then we had the spiking and i was on place six and the guy who won later was beside so i really had this wow. connection Wow, on the level of the pros, you know. Wow. Of course, then comes the running, and I, <laughs> I get place seventy or something like that. <laughs> because I was, bah, it was horrible. Um, so I increased, of course, the distance, and it was the half Ironman. It yeah. means two k swimming, ninety k biking, and twenty one running. I had a few of that. In the third year of my career. I had the first Ironman on road. It was a qualifying competition for the Ironman in Hawaii, mm -hmm. for the World Championship in Germany. This, we have now. I think we have something like 30 qualifying competition worldwide. Yeah. So you have to be first, second, third place in your age group to come to Hawaii. Mm, damn. So you know, 100,000 people try to be one of the two or three thousand on Hawaii. Damn. So that's the way. Yeah. Whew. What is the best age group? I can imagine oh. 30s. Yeah. I think the hardest is something like uh, 35 in this area. I don't know exactly the times now, but uh, when I had my last Ironman, I think I was 45. 
Uh, yes, I was 45. And the year before, I knew the qualifying time was in my age group 10 hours and 10 minutes. So that's the reason I thought this I can do. I yeah. can reach that. I was in the form of my life. Um, and in this competition where I started, 2012, the man who qualified my age group needed a time from nine hours and 50 minutes. Mm. So in one year, the so qualifying hours. time, one hour less. <laughs> so you can see how the quality and the how, yeah, it's impact. It's, it's very impact in mm. this age group. So you said you were in the shape of your life. What years was that for you? How old were you were you in the shape of your life? 45. Yeah. So actually 45 and not what, what others might think. 35. No, 45. Why do you think was that? Was it the training? Was it yeah. the more intelligent training? Mm. I was always at, and there, I would say in perfection, not one of these. Normally when you, when you're running my times, something like 10 hours time, 10 hours, 30 minutes, mainly the people train per each week something like 20 hours. Damn. I was training only in, in average 10 hours. But you did my, it more efficiently. Yes. Mm. And that's, you know, this skill to be efficient, that's except, exactly the same skill I teach my clients in coaching mm. and business because mainly they are not efficient and they are not effective. That's the reason why, for example, when we start our coaching, we make a Pareto analyze. What do you do in your time? You know, we talked about time boxing and how you make your schedule. So many entrepreneurs, uh, they start with their emails. Or yeah. I had one client, I said, you know, how many times you need for your emails? And he said, well, I have a 50-hour work week and 25 hours. <laughs> I said, 50% you work with emails? What are you doing oh, there? Yeah. I have 120 emails every day. And I say, okay, come on. Take your heart in your hand and tell me now the truth. How many emails really only you can answer? Mm. And he said, well, 20. <laughs> so we gave him 23 hours of time now free. <laughs> 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 because he have now an assistant. Yeah. And he now have more time to work on his business not in the business that actually fits well to what you said earlier that the mentality of my generation of entrepreneurs is very different from the the other generation what are some differences because you said okay so this client of yours just got overwhelmed with email yeah i could imagine that this might be something that is just very um very typical for that generation yeah what what else is that what are the main differences um, I think it's what we, we, we talked about earlier is the mindset about the new ways how to get clients. And you now, mm. like when you think about online marketing, when you think about social media, mainly I would say in Germany, 90% of the companies in this Mittelstand, they don't use social media. Mm. They don't have a channel there or perhaps very unprofessional and they don't use advertising on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Mm. They don't use mm. it. They don't produce videos. They don't produce reels. Uh, they have the scary moments to stand in front of the camera. <laughs> I, you know, with my face, I can't stand on, on front of the camera. No, it's that's personal branding. Mm. And 
take your time, make some videos, and you will know you will delete them. But you have this exercise. <laughs> yeah, that's the first step. Take your mobile phone, everybody has high quality, and make some videos, and then just start. Muscle, yeah. Just do it, yeah, it's just the muscle. That's some part, the big part. And these new online possibilities and, of course, software solutions like recruiting funnel perspective mm. or some, uh, even mainly they don't have really a good sales organized uh, customer relationship management system. Yeah, you know, they, they have some Excel feeds Excel or sheet, some, yeah. Excel sheet or they have some, I don't know. And they... Or the the way how they make their sale, they they have some requests and then they make the proposal. And last week, you know, we know, we uh, we have with our clients every four weeks we have a two-hour sales training for them. Mm. And I ask him how many of you, when you have a request, when you have a potential client, make a proposal without analyzing the problem before. Mm. Uh, Mainly, they make a proposal. They, mm. they they send it via email and then they wait. And then and they hope, wait. <laughs> hope, yeah. Hopefully, it will be a client. Oh, That's damn. one way. They, you know, we 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 teach these uh, steps from Bayreuther. He's a sales trainer in Germany. Yeah. Kubernetes sales pr um, program. I remember you told me about it. Maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's very cool because the first step. It's like when you go to the doctor and said, "I have a headache," and he said, oh, "I'll give you a pill." No, when you have a good doctor with a little bit of prevention, he Why? will ask her when you have it, what you have uh, had eaten before, perhaps how is your sleep, which time it comes. Uh, mm. So he, a lot of, he, he will ask you a ton of questions before he will give you some medicine. Yeah, and that's the way you should handle your sales as a business person when you have a potential client. Ask them like hell. Mm. We, we had one client, you know. He will perhaps sell, or he sold it now because of our coaching deal about more than 1 million euro. Nice. And he wanted to make a proposal and he was, you know, passing this, this, uh, how do you say it? Also, er wurde schon mal abgelehnt. Oh, he got rejected. Yeah, he got rejected before. And he wanted ah, to do it the same right. way. I said, that, that's stupid. <laughs> Why would you do the same way? What is the problem? What are the problems from this person? And he yeah. said, well, he wants less problems, uh, technical problems. He wants a faster solution. And and I said, that's all what you have? And yeah. All the info you have. No, on how him. many times they have problem with the software? What does it cost for them? So they make you does an NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, we call it chunk hmm. level. Yeah. Mainly they, when they ask, they are happy with a very on the surface chunk level. Uh, I have a problem. Yeah. They don't ask questions to go deeper and deeper on the chunk level Chunking to get down. more information. Like, give you an example about this chunk. It's an information block. Uh, when you when you want to travel from Munich to Berlin, and you say, "Oh, I want some um, some vehicle to travel," you could say, "Okay, I can take the train, or could take the flight, or take a car, or bicycle." I have no idea what you will take. Yeah. Then I can, okay, you take uh, the car. What kind of car? Or when you want to buy a car, what yeah. kind of yeah. car you want to buy? Yeah. Uh, for your family or for some nice races? Or I have no fucking idea when somebody comes, I want to buy a car here. Mm. And that's what mainly in Germany, the people don't do. They don't ask. And that's what they teach them to, to ask 
more so the, the the potential client is really exhausted that's the first part I don't have any question uh, any answer anymore for you I have <laughs> told you everything of what I know and the, 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 the interesting part is when you have this interest this real interest to your client you will ask them and they will feel it's the first time I have this question in my, uh -huh. my brain. Oh, yes. right, that's a good question. I, I didn't know that before that I have this chance to take this choice or this choice. And unconsciously, of course, that, that kind of questioning gives the client the feeling he's really interested in me. Yeah. And that's what I think it's different because you, you teach it and you, you learn it, this kind of new sales proing presetting setting closing mm. is automatically more successful in sales i will never forget really i had this moment i was invited as a keynote speaker it was the number one in producing this big huge uh you know this it's not a car it's a it's a bauer bauer wagen also die haben räder they have wheels like two two person to you know to build something which in, in ah okay to build something they, there's just so many moving pieces that they have to do big yes yeah and, yeah. and there was number one on the market mm. and the salesperson <laughs> old male older yeah yeah they was pissed off because the ceo <laughs> said now we will have a crm system <laughs> <laughs> because they felt control yeah so there you can see it's total different mindset mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I always wonder, like, well, uh, what are my blind spots going to be for the next generation? I kind of see it already. You know, I'm 33 now. I'm friends with people that are 19. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine, Noah Morris. I'll have him on the podcast as well uh, in uh, in a couple of weeks. So this guy just makes like multiple six figures a month with faceless YouTube channels. Faceless? It's just YouTube channels where he's not talking, but it's like he writes the script. He has someone else read the script takes the audio, has someone else edit the stuff, and that's it. He has he has Formula One channels that are, you know, he's not speaking, he's not saying anything. It's just someone reads a script and then they show footage of Formula One, you know, like whatever, like why Fernando Alonso switched from Ferrari to uh, quit and then and he went later, you know, it's just, just they talk about <laughs> the drivers. And, uh, and, he, like, and there I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I mean, you just look at the click-through rate and then you test all the thumbnails and then you do this and you do that. And like, that is now an even deeper version of what I know, Yeah. right? Because I'm like, well, but the personal branding, what about talking into the camera? And he's like, no, no, we're like, we don't do that. So just like it, that CRM is weird to the guy, to the older <laughs> sales guy, that stuff that I see these kids do nowadays is weird for me too. Yeah, um, analyze everything. Yeah, I'm like really like oh, that's weird, but like, don't you need to build a, your own brand? It's really really interesting. And he just has a couple cash cow um, cash cow uh, uh, channels that's just raking all the views, get millions of views per week, per week, per month, per day, and gets paid from that because right because YouTube pays you per view basically, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's really interesting, but. You know, you always got to, you don't have to understand things. You don't have to master everything. In my opinion, it's just like, just be open enough to say that's another way to do it, right? Here's one way to do something and that's great. And, and just like it was easy for me to switch from being a vegetarian for over 12, 13 years to eating meat, you got to be able to change direction. The moment you have written proof 
in front of you that there's another way of doing something that you want to do and it's better, you just mm. got to go with it. No ego. Even if you've done vegetarianism for 12, 13 years, like now it doesn't work anymore. Fuck it. Let me change right away. I, I met uh, two young men, 24 years, something like that, on a seminar three weeks ago. Uh, and they talked about their crypto, you know, nice. their way, how they make the, the one guy. He has, I think he's 24. He has 1.6 million uh, value privately. Nice. Not in, in the business, yeah. privately, yeah. because of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, and, and now he's buying this, I don't know, this, this digital pictures from some... Oh, uh, NFTs. Yeah. Mm. And they make a lot of money with that. Yep. So, it's, you know, the, there's so many chances in this world. And, yeah, of course, you have to be, um, be interested. You have to think about it. You have to go deep and you make your analysis. But so many freedom and so many chances to take it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we're slowly wrapping things up, what's next for you? What are you interested? You've done a lot in your life. You've told me also about your bucket list and all that jazz and you have family, you have wife, you have, you clearly are for many people, probably the embodiment of some sort of, that's someone that's reached it all. You got the family, you got the wife, you got the car, you got the business, you got the sports. Do you still have crazy goals where you say okay that's what i want to do in the next 10 years of course yeah uh, first of all um, you know this ironman club with 300 entrepreneurs right. uh, the, the the modern spontaneous spartan, spartan people yeah yeah <laughs> um and then when we have our business established here in the german language countries uh, i will go international that's nice. my my vision and to really have an impact because I think, you know, I, I talk a lot about The Matrix. I like this film. Nice. And I think I mainly the people have this, you know, they're in The Matrix. We, we saw the propaganda in Corona. Yeah. So yeah. that they're really in The Matrix. And to show them the reality is the way you want to have the reality. So you can, you can, you know, um, gestalt it. No, you can... You can what? Gestalten. You can. Oh, you uh, can create it the way yeah, you, you want. You can create Design it like it. you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To have, and of course, yeah, you need this vision. So you have to think about your, the values. What kind of values you have, and if your business is counting on these values, then makes sense. And then you have this energy. Then you have this congruence uh, about your values and what you do on daily basis. Uh, my my big things are of course more of this bucket list I uh, have done this year. We are now December more than thirty points of my bucket list. Damn, <laughs> damn. Uh, things I wanted to have, uh, things I want to experience, uh, like you know Ibiza for example mm -hmm. was one of my bucket list too. Uh, some things I want to learn. For next year, for example, I have some focus on this topic of um, hunting. Oh, nice. Yes, I will make, uh, you know, the license for hunting. And, you're the and second guy who tells me about this recently. It's so interesting. It's, it's, you know, it's like, like Abitur. It's like, uh, uh, fuck, it's so many informations. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's it, difficult to get a hunting license. Damn. The book it. is this size. It's <laughs> very, <laughs> I started yesterday. I thought, oh, my goodness, how I can remember all these different names and yeah. blah, 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 groups. Um but I like this, and uh, yesterday we have this uh, survival guy here in this podcast, and 
it was so interesting what he think you need to have in your home, mm. in your car, mm. and on your body on daily basis mm. to when something hits you, you are prepared. Mm. Uh, I don't know, of course, I don't want to make you know, some some drama here, but uh, I, I have a new belief system. I don't know if I can catch it now in English. Uh, give me one second. It's better to be the warrior in the garden yeah. than the gardener in the war. Yeah, and That's a little bit I want. I thought a lot about the last weeks and months, what happens now in this world. So it's not only that I want to give energy on the, on the negative side that I'm afraid now or this, you know, this apocalypse now but yeah. it's interesting you know to think about well how does it work how to, does it work to filter water when you don't have water in the system anymore or what will happen when you don't have electricity anymore in your home how you can deal with that or you don't have food because uh, the the nutrition um supply your supply chain, chain is, is crossing yeah. because something i don't know you know can happen some thing that's interesting um of course For me, the journey in the next years will be the journey of my daughter. I love to do all this crazy stuff with my daughter. She's now six and, uh, uh, you know, diving with dolphins with her together wow. or with a um, whale shark together or to, yeah, have some nice spots all around the world. I think there's so many things you can see and to explore yeah. uh, different belief systems in different countries. I want to give her the chance that she grow up in in rich surroundings so she has the choice, not because of money, because she wants to travel or yeah. and to have this impact of different belief systems. And, we, you know, in Germany we have this kind of belief system. It's, you know it. Um, it's different. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's different. very unique. <laughs> yeah, unique. I think it makes a lot when you see, oh, they don't have the money, but they're they're happy. Yeah, and they want to give you something. Wow, it's not this, you know, eh, I don't have enough. Nah, 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 yeah, nah. it's envy culture bullshit. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's beautiful that you you're creating so many nice experiences for your daughter, and um, I remember for me. Like every time my dad would even just simple things like, hey, let's go outside, play football. Mm -hmm. Like those are fucking core memories. Yeah. And um, I didn't have crazy adventurous core memories, but I had very nice ones. Yeah. And this is kind of also like a thought that I, the older I get, the the more I have of like, what kind of experiences do I want to give my future kids? Yeah. And uh, one of the big reasons why I work hard right now, one of them, not the only, but one of the reasons why I work so hard is because I want to be able to give any experience to my kids. And not only... The, the cool crazy experiences that cost money but also just sometimes the experience of like being there yeah. physically yeah just watching a movie watching a kids tv show together with them um so it's inspiring to see that that uh for you you're living the thing that i want to get to it's very very nice i think uh we've talked about extremely valuable things from your very unique perspective with the uh with the the iron mindset and all that stuff and uh you know you're you're very uh, inspirational person i'm very thank you very much for being on the podcast here with me are we gonna do the ice bath still yes the ice bath. okay yes. so you got one in the it's there <laughs> in it's, your damn office i looked when uh it's 3.3 degrees celsius now <laughs> So, so we're going to add that. Can we film that too? Yeah, of course. Yeah, good. We're going to film that too. So for the folks watching on on, on uh, YouTube, they can see me dying. <laughs> uh, 
So let's do that. Slasko, where can yes. people find you? Website, Instagram? Uh, Iron minus mind, uh, point de. Dot de, uh, yeah. We have only German language now. But it's, yeah. It's, but you can check it out. Or Instagram, my name, Slatko Sterzenbach. Yep. Um, you can reach me by DM and English, of course, uh, when you have some requests or you Epic. Question. We're going to link it down below, of course, as well. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, man. You. And GG. And if you get inspired by this and you say, wow, this coaching world is amazing. I also want to crush it like Slatko, like you, Max, like all your other coaches that you're working with. Then uh, I invite you to book a free call together with me and my team where we can actually give you a roadmap on how you can start and scale and automate and grow your coaching business, whether you're just getting started from zero or you already have an existing coaching business. All you have to do is head over to maxtorno.com forward slash call. That's where you fill out a couple points about your business or business idea. And then you can book the exact date and time where you want us to call you maxtorno.com forward slash call. Looking forward to talking to you. Talk soon. Bye-bye.